0: so we run the statement wal imanu bi anna rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam usriya bihi ila as-samaa wa sara ila al-arsh wa kallama Allahu tabaarak wa ta'ala wa kallama Allahu tabaarak al-jannah wa tala'a ila nar Wara al Malaika wa sami'a kalam Allahu 'azza wa jalla wa Wara bihi al العرش والكرسي وجميع ما في السماوات وما في الارضين في اليقظه حمله جبريل على البراق حتى اداره في السماوات وفرضت عليه الصلاه في تلك الليله ورجع الى مكه ليلته وذلك قبل الهجرة. to have faith that the messenger of Allah sallallahu was taken by night up through the heavens and came to the throne and spoke to Allah the blessed and most high and entered paradise and saw into the fire and saw the angels and heard the speech of Allah the mighty and majestic and the prophets were shown to him he saw the drapery of the throne the footstool and all within the heavens and the earths whilst awake being taken by Jibreel upon Al-Buraq, who took him through the heavens. That night the five daily prayers were obligated for him. He returned to Mecca that same night, and that was before the Hijrah. So this is now the section that we were talking about last time, the section regarding al- uh, Al-Isra wal Al-Mi'raj, the night when the Prophet ﷺ, he was taken up to the heavens, and we mentioned regarding how he was taken up through the heavens, and he saw the different prophets and messengers at the different levels of the heavens, and that eventually when he reached to the top, then the prayer was uh, established, the prayer, the commandment for the prayer was given, and when he returned, uh, to Musa alayhi He was told that 50 prayers would be too much for his ummah So then he returned and returned until eventually It was uh, deemed or uh, It was established as 5 prayers in the day and the night <laughs> So until it became established at just 5 prayers in the day and the night, five prayers in the day and the night, that is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made an obligation upon him. So when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi sallam returned, then in that morning he spoke to the people regarding what occurred, and uh, the first of those who heard this was Abu al-Jahl. He heard him say, he heard the Prophet sallallahu say that he has been taken up to Bayt al-Maqdis And then that he was taken up to the seventh heaven And he mentioned those affairs And Abu Jahl, he considered that this was something too much He thought this is too much, how could this have occurred? هَلْ تَسْتَطِيعُوا أَن قَوْمَكَ إِذَا قال نعم فذهب ينادي هو رجل وقح سف وقح سفيه سفيح وحتش واحتشدوا عليه قال حدث قومك فحدثهم قال إني أسري بي إلى بيت المقدس قالوا سبحان الله يعني تضرب آباط الإبل شهراً ذهاباً وشهراً إياباً في ليلة وحدة تذهب وتجيء فقالوا لأبي بكر الصديق إن صاحبك يقول إنه أسري به البارحة إلى بيت المقدس so when the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ began to tell the people regarding what occurred, he began to tell them that he was taken all the way to baitul maqdis and then he was taken up to the seventh heaven and that all of this occurred in one night, the people they began to say that this is foolishness, they said it takes a month for a camel to travel there and a month to travel back. If you were to go on a camel, then how could you have done all of this gone there and back to Bayt al-Maqdis and back in one night? And then on top of that to claim you have gone all the way to the seven heavens and returned. So they came to Abu Bakr as siddiq radhiallahu anhu and they said your friend, your companion Prophet Muhammad sallallahu he says, that he was taken during the night all the way to Beit al-Maqdis in Jerusalem, and that he was then uh, returned in the same night. That he went and he returned in one night. So Abu Bakr As-Siddiq said to them, "Is that what he says?" They said, "Yes, that is what he says." So the uh, Abu Bakr As-Siddiq anhu said to them, "Then he has spoken the truth. If the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi says." He was taken in one night from Mecca all the way to Bait al Maqdis and then to the seventh heavens, etc., and returned all in one night. Then it is true. Then after that, Al Muhim Sa'aluhu, فطرحu alayhi as'ila an awsafi Bait al Maqdis, فكان يجيبهم. They started to question the Prophet, sallallahu They started to ask him. About the descriptions of Baytul Maqdis to see whether he truly had been there or not. So they started to ask him, Mada fihi, what is inside of it, and what is inside of it, and how is it? They started asking him questions, describe it to us. If you claim you've been all the way to Baytul Maqdis and back, then describe it. Fayasifu wa Yasifu. And he was describing everything to them, he was describing all of the descriptions to them. Until some of the descriptions he was, uh, they were confusing, they became confusing, some of the descriptions he wasn't uh, aware of how they were, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought close to him Bayt maqdis that he could see, so it was in front of him uh, and he could see it. uh, And he could describe to them what he could see regarding the descriptions of Baytul Maqdis. It was brought in front of him that he could see it, and then he was describing to them the descriptions of Baytul Maqdis. So, this was a miracle, a miracle for the Prophet. And no doubt, he went to Baytul Maqdis that night and he returned, and he went to the seven heavens and he returned. So the event of the Isra and Mi'raj, the night when he was taken up to the seven heavens and he returned, that is something which is mentioned in the Quran and in the Sunnah and the Ahadith which mention this event, they are almost mutawatira, multiple narrations or multiple chains. وَذَٰلِكَ الْيَوْمِ فَرَضَ اللَّهُ الصَّلَوَاتُ الْخَمْسِ And on that day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made obligatory the five prayers. وَصَبِيحَةَ ذَٰلِكَ الْيَوْمِ حَبَطَ جِبْرِيلُ وَصَلَّى بنفسه سَلَّمْ الْخَمْسِ And on that morning Jibreel alayhi came down and prayed with the Prophet led him in the five prayers. يعني في اليوم الاول كان يبكّر بالصلاة. Salat al-Fajr fi awwali waqtihah Wa al-Dhuhr fi awwali waqtihah Bada'a bi salat al-Dhuhr fi awwali waqtihah Thumma al-Asr fi awwali waqtihah On that day On that next day The Prophet s.a.w. then prayed those five prayers Jibreel alayhi s.a.w. came down and led him in those five prayers And he prayed them in the beginning times Thumma al-Maghrib fi waqtin waahit And Maghrib was prayed in its one time Dhuhr was prayed at the beginning time. Asr was prayed at the beginning time. And Maghrib was prayed in its one time. Isha was prayed in its beginning time. And Fajr was prayed in its beginning time. Then on the second day, Jibreel came and he prayed Dhuhr at the end time. And he was praying the other uh, prayers. وَيُسَلِّ sahaba min He prayed the other prayers at the end times, including the Fajr. So over the two days, on the first day, he prayed all of the prayers at the beginning time. On the second day, Jibreel showed him all of the prayers at the end time. And then he said to him, That the prayer, it is between these two times. So then the Prophet knew what is the beginning time of Fajr, what is the end time of Fajr. What is the beginning time of Dhuhr? What is the end time of Dhuhr? The beginning time of Asr, the end time of Asr. The Prophet ﷺ knew the times when the prayers begin and when the times when the prayers they end. That then became known to the Prophet ﷺ because on the first day he prayed them Jibreel alayhi on the beginning time and on the second time, second day at the end time. So then it became known what is the beginning time and what is the end time and it's mentioned wa dakhala al janna wa tala'a ila al nar al kalam fihi gharaib wa dakhala al janna ya'ni ma dhukira fi ma dhukira al isra' annahu fi tilka al layla dakhala janna wa tala'a ila al nar inma hadha fi ahadeeth in huwa fi al masjid ali salatu wa al salam fa sawarat lahu al janna wa al nar fa al minha hatta kadha yaqtafu minha the author mentions that on that night the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam entered paradise and he was shown the hell that he entered paradise and he was shown the hellfire. However, Sheikh Rabi'ah Hafizahullah Ta'ala says that it is not mentioned in the hadith, it is not mentioned in the hadith that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam entered into paradise that night and that he was shown the hellfire. Rather that is something which is mentioned in some other narrations that the paradise was shown to him whilst he was in his masjid Uh, And it was brought close to him. It was uh, shown to him, depicted to him at a very close range, such that he almost could take the uh, fruits, he could take it from there. The grapes, etc. So that is something which is mentioned in other narrations. And it is not, the Shaykh Rabia says, mentioned in that narration of the Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, that he went into paradise that night and that he was shown hellfire that night. But in other narrations, it is mentioned that he was shown, wasami akalama Allah, and it is mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi heard the speech of Allah. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi heard the speech of Allah subhanahu wa taala that night. نعم لأن الله كلامه and the Sheikh says yes because Allah He spoke to him. Allah spoke to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi كما سبق يسعد وينزل والله يكلمه وَكَلَّفَ بِالصَّلَاءِ وَهُوَ يَسْمِعُ كَلَامَ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَىٰ So the Prophet ﷺ, he was commanded with the prayer and he heard the speech of Allah, he heard the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet ﷺ heard Allah on that night. وَبُشِّرَتْ بِهِ الْأَنْبِيَاءَ عَلَى الْوَجْحِلَ لَذِي مَرَّىٰ أَنَّ رَأى, أن رأى آدم في السماء الدنيا وَيَحَيْوَ عِيسَى في السماء التانية إلى آخر هذا الوَجْحِل الَّذِي ذَكَرْنَاهُ And the Prophets and the Messengers, we already said that the Prophet saw them, the Prophets and the Messengers, the Prophet saw them, the different Prophets and Messengers at the different levels of the Paradise. So it was mentioned that on the first level, he saw Adam salam. Uh, on the second level, he saw Yahya salam. It is mentioned regarding The levels and the Prophets and the Messengers that he saw. Maybe the Shaykh says the meaning of this section that the Prophets were given the glad tidings was not that the Prophet saw them that night, but because in the previous scriptures in the Torah and in the Injil, the descriptions of the Prophet ﷺ are mentioned. So the previous Prophets and Messengers had those descriptions, the glad tidings of the Prophet ﷺ coming. Waraa saradakat al Arswa And the Prophet ﷺ saw the drapery, the cloth of the throne and the footstool. والذي ورد في حَادِثَةِ الاسراء الصَّحِيحَةَ انه وصل الى صِدْرَةُ المنتهى وصل وسمع هناك صريف الاقلام ولم يذكر فيها انه راى صَرَادَقَاتِ العرش الْكُرْسِي فالله اعلم من اين جاءت هذه الرواية says, what is mentioned in the narrations is that the prophet reached up to the sidratul muntaha and that's where he heard at the top level where he heard the writing of the pens but it is not mentioned in those narrations that the Prophet ﷺ actually saw the drapery, the clothing or the cloth of the throne and the footstool. It is not mentioned in those narrations. So the Shaykh says, Allahu A'lam, where these other narrations are. Maybe there are some that the author knew of where it mentions that he saw the drapery of the throne too. Here again, Sheikh Rabiya says maybe this section of the hadith is not actually from the main hadith. Maybe this is a different hadith that Imam al Barbahari was mentioning. Wallahu a'alam hadith. As Sheikh Rabbi says maybe here this is another narration that was similar to the narration of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj, where it mentions about seeing all of that which is in the heavens and the earth, or becoming aware of everything in the heavens and the earth, that this was actually in another narration again, not in the narration of Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. Then it also says, al Again the Shaykh says, this section where it mentions that Buraq took the Prophet ﷺ around the heavens, the skies. This is again something which is incorrect. What is actually mentioned about the Mi'raj is that Burak took him to Baytul Maqdis. That animal that he rode upon took him to Baytul Maqdis. وَبَعْدَ ذَلِكَ أَلَّذِي لَا يَعْلَمُ إِلَّا اللَّهُ After that, how the Prophet ﷺ ascended, then that is not known to us the reality of how that occurred. So this narration or this statement that Burak took the Prophet ﷺ around the heavens and the skies, it is not actually uh, known to uh, Sheikh Rabia. He mentions it is not known. This is a mistake. Uh, rather what is known is that the Burak took the Prophet ﷺ to Baitul Maqdis. And then after that how he ascended is not known to us. Um, وَفُرِضَتْ as And the prayer was established on that night. That is of course true. On the night of Al Isra Al Mi'raj, the prayers were established. الليلة, and he returned to Makkah in that same one night. and this event it took place before the Hijra. فعلًا قبل الهجرة عليه لأن الخمس ما عليه إلا في السنة من because the prayers They were not established until the 10th year of Hijrah. The prayers were not established until the 10th year of Hijrah. And that was before the, uh, rather not the 10th year of Hijrah, the 10th year of the Bi'tha. The 10th year of the Prophethood. The 10th year of the Prophethood. That's when the prayers were established. So that was two or three years before the Hijrah. So this is correct that this night of al-Isra al-Mi'raj, it occurred before the Hijra. Uh, then, after that, there are some questions. And one of those is that some people, they ask, what is the authenticity that the Prophet wasallam is allowed to sit with Allah on the throne? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows the Prophet ﷺ to sit with him. The Shaykh says, This is not something which is true. This is mentioned from the statements of Mujahid, it is narrated from him, but it is not something which is authentic. And it is not something which is established. This is not from the statements of the Messenger of Allah ﷺ regarding sitting on the throne alongside Allah. That is not correct and it is not established. So that is regarding the night of Al Isra wal Mi'raj. That is regarding the night of Al Isra wal Mi'raj, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was taken up to the heavens, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi was taken up to the heavens, and the prayers were established. The next section now it says, anna arwah في حواص الطير خضر تصرح في الجنة وتأوي إلى قناديل تحت العرش وأرواح الكفار والفجار في في برهوت وهي في سجينة. نو that the souls of martyrs are within the bellies of green birds which roam fly around freely, parrot in paradise. And they nest in lamps beneath the throne. They are in the bodies of green birds, in the bellies of green birds. And they fly around freely in paradise and they stop at the lamps. They sit on the lamps beneath the throne. And the souls of the believers are beneath the throne. And the souls of the disbelievers are within the well of Barahut and are in Sijin. that the souls of the believers of the martyrs are in the lamps beneath the throne and this is something which is correct وَكَذَلِكَ أَرْوَاحُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ في الجنة. And similarly, the souls of the believers are in paradise. They fly around in paradise as they please. They roam around in paradise rather as they believe, as they uh, uh, feel free. And the souls of the martyrs similarly. And this is something which is established in authentic narrations from the prophet sallallahu <laughs> alayhi all of these are authentic narrations about the souls of the martyrs being in the birds of the green birds flying around in paradise as they please and then sitting under the lanterns or on the lanterns under the throne and also the souls of the believers being in paradise and as for the souls of the disbelievers, then they are in Sijin, Sijin, which is mentioned regarding the uh, uh, a type of the pit. It is a type of pit that they are in, gathered in Barahut, a pit, a deep pit that their souls are within, like a deep hole, a deep pit that their souls are within. So it is mentioned regarding those, and that's in the Qur'an, in ayat of Surah Al-Mutaffifeen, it mentions regarding the souls of the believers, the souls of the disbelievers, كَلَّا إِنَّ كِتَابَ الْفُجَّارِ لَفِي سِجِّينَ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا سِجِّينَ كِتَابٌ مَرْقُومٌ وَيْلٌ يَوْمَئِذٍ لِلْمُكَذِّبِينَ and then Kalla inna So this talks about the which is the higher levels, and the sijjin which is the lower pits. So the believers are in the and the disbelievers and the wrongdoers are in the pits. So this is what is mentioned in the hadith of al bara ibn Azib in the hadith of Al-Bara ibn-Azib, which is a long hadith, and it explains about the souls of the believers, and the souls of the disbelievers, and where they are. Uh, هُنَاكَ تَأْتِي مِثْلُ الشَّمْسِ وَيَجْلِسُونَ عَلَى مَدِّ الْبَصْرِ مِنَ, الم- من الْمَيِّتِ وَيَأْتِي مَلَكُ الْمَوْتِ فَيَسْتَلُّ رُوحُهُ مِنْهُ وَيَسْعِدُون so it's mentioned in that hadith about how the souls of the people are taken. How the souls of the deceased person it is taken. And they go through the levels of the skies. And the inhabitants of those skies, they accompany them. There is a long hadith which mentions the various incidents that occur. Regarding how the soul of the person is taken out by the angels that come and then they take him up. Also in that hadith, it talks about how the angels they come to a person. When they come and they sit, or the person sits up in his grave, and the two angels they will come and they will ask him, Who is your Lord? And who is your prophet? And What is your religion? That is mentioned about the questioning of the grave that occurs to a person, and we have discussed that previously. Here then also it says, Know that the souls of the martyrs are within the green bellies of the birds, the bellies of the green birds which roam freely around paradise, and they nest in the lamps beneath the throne. The Sheikh says, Arwahul Kufar, as for the souls of the disbelievers, fi This is something that has been differed about. Where are the souls of the disbelievers? Minhum some of them have said that they will be in the hellfire. Minhum barahut. Some of them say they will be in barahut, this pit. وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَقُولْ فِي زَمْزَمْ وَاَقْوَالٌ كثيرة. Some of them say in the zamz. and there are many statements لَكِنَّ نقول أرواح الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فِي الجنة وأرواح الْكُفَّارِ فِي, البرزخ في قبورهم. But what we can say is that the souls of the believers are in paradise and the souls of the disbelievers are in the Barzakh being punished in their graves and the evil smells, and the heat of the uh, hellfire, they come to those disbelievers, وَلَا فِي سِجِّينَ وَهَذَا جُزْءٌ مِّن سِجِّينِ الَّذِي هُوَ النَّارِ And that does not prohibit or prevent, that they are in the sijin because this is a part of the sijin, the fire, uh, and we seek refuge in Allah from that. What about the souls of the prophets? Where will they be? أشهر Rabia says, أرواح الأنبياء في they are in paradise also the souls of the believer, of the uh, prophets are in paradise the souls of the prophets are in paradise and they are the superior ones they are the superior souls no doubt they are the leaders of the believers and so they are in paradise as they please they are the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose in this world they are the chosen ones the prophets and the messengers so they will be in the highest level they will be in the highest of the level in that paradise uh, there is a hadith which says that the prophets they pray in their graves a Sheikh rabia says this hadith is weak ما درجة حديث الأنبياء في قبورهم يصلون يقول الشيخ ربيع ضعيف شديد الضعف There is a hadith which says that the prophets they pray in their graves What is the authenticity of this hadith? الشيخ ربيع says this hadith is weak severely there is a severe weakness within it regarding the night of al-isra al mi'raj some people or some of the individuals they often ask the question was the night of al-isra al mi'raj by the physical body of the prophet ﷺ, was his physical body taken to all those places or was it the soul of the prophet sallallahu was that taken to baytul maqdis and then taken to the heavens and back we've already mentioned that it was both it was the body and the soul physically Physically, the body of the Prophet too, which was taken uh, on that night, and that is the correct opinion that it was the body and the soul on that night. There are some narrations from Aisha and Muawiya anhuma that it was only the soul. منهم من يقول بروحه وهذا نسب إلى عائشة anhuma رضي It is narrated from Aisha and Muawiya anhuma. That it was only the soul of the Prophet ﷺ that was taken on that night. But that is not something which is established. That is not something which is proven. Rather what is correct is that the soul and the body of the Prophet ﷺ was taken on that night. Then there is also an issue. Did the Prophet ﷺ see Allah on that night? We already said that the Prophet ﷺ spoke to Allah and heard Allah's voice. But did the Prophet ﷺ, see Allah too on that night? The answer is no. There is the narration of Aisha radiallahu anha: "Man Za'ama Anna Muhammadan raa Rabbahu ala al That whomsoever claims that the Prophet saw Allah on that night, then indeed he has made a great fabrication upon Allah. He has made a great fabrication upon Allah. So, that narration highlights to us that the Prophet ﷺ didn't see Allah on that night. In another hadith of Abu Dhar, رضي الله عنه سُئل الرسول ﷺ, هَلْ رَأَيْتَ رَبَّكَ Did you see your Lord on that night? He said it was a light. There was a light. His covering is a light. Hijabuhu nur. In another narration. So how could I see him? So it is not... Uh, Correct to say that the Prophet saw Allah on that night The Prophet did not see Allah on that night Rather he heard Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And the prayer was established With regard to seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The Prophet didn't see Allah on that night The Prophet ﷺ did not see Allah on that night. But does that mean that the believers will not see Allah ever? We already mentioned before that the aqeedah of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah is that in this world we cannot see Allah. In this world we cannot see Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't see Allah either. But in the afterlife, after the resurrection, in the hereafter, then we will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What about the munafiqeen? Will the disbelievers, the munafiqeen, see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Then it is mentioned, wa ta'ala? In the hadith, it is mentioned, In the hadith, it is mentioned, that something uh, which is mentioned in the hadith that indicates they will see Allah on the plains of resurrection. When everybody is resurrected on the land of resurrection, it is mentioned or it is indicated in the hadith that even the munafiqeen will see Allah at that time. However, when they see Allah at that time, it will not be a sight or a vision rather. It will not be a vision of blessing for them. It will be a vision of fear for them a vision of punishment for them a vision which is not a blessing for them when the disbelievers they see allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather the blessing is for the believers then after that wal imanu bi anna al mayyita yuq'adu fi qabrihi wa yursalu wa yursilu allah fihi ar-ruh hatta yas'aluhu munkar wa nakir an al iman wa sharai'i thumma tusalu ruuhu bila alam then to have Iman as well, to have faith that the deceased person, somebody who dies, he will be made to sit up in his grave and that Allah will send his soul back to him. And then he will be questioned by Munkar and Nakir about faith. And the requisites, what is associated to faith, to Iman. Then his soul will be drawn out. It will be drawn out without any pain. It will be taken out without any pain. But the deceased knows when someone visits him and when someone comes to him. And the believer is made comfortable and blessed in his grave. And the wicked person is punished in his grave as Allah wills. This is now the Iman that a believer will be trialed in his grave. The Fitna Tul Qabr that we have discussed previously. And what is Fitna Tul Qabr? What is the trial of the grave? Fitna Tul Qabr, the trial of the grave is when the angels, they come and they ask the person the three questions. Man Rabbuka, who is your Lord? Ma Dinuka, what is your religion? Man Nabiyuka, who is your prophet? The angels will come to a person and make him sit up in his grave and they will ask him those three questions. التشهد, and it is mentioned in the hadith about the tashahud. Allahumma inni a'uzu bi adal qabr wa min adabin na'r wa min fitna til mahiya wa al mamat. That, oh Allah, I seek refuge in you, the gha'a, from, from the punishment of the grave. وَيَقُولُوا الرَّسُولُ إِنَّكُمْ تُفْتَنُونَ فِي قُبُورِكُمْ كَمَا أو مثل من الدجال. That you will be puni- uh, trialed in your graves with a trial that is similar to or very close to the trial of the Dajjal. So there will be a hefty trial in the graves, a significant trial in the graves with this questioning that this is a great test that a person faces in his grave he will be tested about his religion and about his prophet and about his lord so the believer will answer and he will say so the believer he will answer and he will say Allah is my Lord, Muhammad is my Prophet and Islam is my religion And it will be said to him also What do you say about this man? fiyaqulu huwa muhammad ibn abdullah alladhi bu'itha bu'itha bilhaqq so the believer will say he is muhammad the son of abdullah who was sent with the truth yaqulu muhammad ibn abdullah ja'ana bilbayyinati walhuda fa amanna bihi wattaba'nah he will say muhammad the son of abdullah he came to us with the clear guidance and the signs and we believed in him and we followed him hadha almu'min yaqulu hadha this is the believer who will say this. The believer will say that Muhammad came to us with the clear evidences and proofs, and we obeyed him, and we followed him, and we believed in him. ثم الرسول, then the narrator or the Prophet recited, اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ akhirah اللَّهُ, الله يَشَاءُ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make firm the believers with a firm statement in this world and in the hereafter. Allah will make them firm, the ones who have iman, with a firm statement in this world and in the hereafter. And He will misguide or they will be led astray, those who are oppressors. And Allah does as He pleases. So the believers, they will be made firm, meaning that when this questioning happens to them in the grave, then they will answer with the correct answers. As for the disbelievers, وَأَمَّا الْفَاجِرَ أو الْكَافِرَ فَيَقُولْ هَا هَا لَا أَدْرِي سَمِعْتُ النَّاسَ يَقُولُونَ شَيْئًا فَقُلْتُهُ فَيُعَذَّبُ وَالْمُؤْمِنُ يُقَالُ لَهُ صَدَقْتَ يُفْتَحُ لَهُ بَابٌ إِلَى الْجَنَّةَ فَيَأْتِيهِ مِن رَوْحِهَا وَنَ وَتَكُونُ رُوحُهُ فِي الْجَنَّةَ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ حَيْثُ شَاءَتْ So the believer, he will answer correctly and a door to paradise will be opened up and he will get the beautiful fragrances of paradise and his soul will fly around and roam around in paradise as he pleases, as it pleases. As for the disbeliever, he will say, I don't know. The people, they used to say something, I heard them saying it, so I used to say it. So he will be punished. The disbeliever or the wrongdoers will be punished. As for the believers, then their souls will be in paradise. And the souls of the prophets, they will be in paradise. And the souls of the believers and the truthful ones, all of them will be in paradise. And they will roam around in paradise as they please. So this is the difference between the believers and the disbelievers and the wrongdoers with regards to the grave. So here the Imam said, "Al Imam al Barbahari, to have faith that the deceased one is made to sit up in his grave, and that Allah returns his soul to him, and that he is questioned by Munkar and Nakir about faith and its requisites." Then his soul is drawn out without any pain and the deceased knows the one who visits him when he comes to visit him. So this is the difference regarding the believer and the disbeliever. As for this section now where it says that the deceased person knows whoever visits him. Knows whoever visits him this statement of al-imam al-barbahari rahimahullah ta'ala is based upon some narrations however those narrations are weak narrations they are weak narrations that the deceased person knows who comes to visit him they are weak narrations what is actually established Allahu Alam, is that the, bele- the the deceased they do not hear <coughs> they cannot hear they cannot hear the people. وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْمَوْتَ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ قَالَ تعالى إِنَّكَ لَا تُسْمِعُ الموتى. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said you cannot make the deceased hear you. You cannot make them hear you. So what is mentioned in the narrations that they hear, then it is only in specific instances. As for generally speaking, then the deceased, the dead people, they do not hear you. And generally speaking, therefore, uh, it is not correct to say that they know who visits them. The specific instances where they may be able to hear. One example we gave before was the Battle of Badr when the Prophet spoke to them. So that was mentioned that perhaps they on that occasion could hear but that is something specific, generally speaking, the deceased do not hear and they are not aware of who is visiting them. Then Al Imam al Barbahari says, kayfa sha Allah. Allah punishes the wrongdoers as Allah pleases. Those wrongdoers are punished in reality in their graves and their souls are in in the pits, those pits of the hellfire. As for the believers They are in In the highest of the ranks How does this punishment And blessing happen in the grave We don't know This is from the unseen But we know that this happens The believers are given blessings And the disbelievers are punished And that's why Al-Imam al-Barbahari says That the believer He is given blessings In his grave The door to paradise is opened and the fragrances and the beautiful smells, they come. And as for the disbeliever, then he is punished in his grave as Allah pleases. It is mentioned about Fir'aun that we mentioned before. How It is mentioned, It is mentioned about Fir'aun that they are already being punished in their grave right now with the fire. In their graves, they are being punished in the barzakh. Then on the day of judgment, they will be taken out and put into even bigger punishment. And that is the actual hellfire. So there is punishment of the grave. And there is blessings of the grave. And that is something that we believe in. We believe and we have iman. That there is punishment that happens in the grave to the people. But we can't see that and we can't hear that. And there are blessings that happen to people in their graves that are buried. But we can't hear that and we can't see that. But it is in our iman that these things, they do indeed occur. The next section which will begin the next time is a new topic now. And it is saying, That the good and the evil, all of that is linked by the... Decree of Allah. It is all by the decree of Allah. So there is going to be a small section now that talks about the decree of Allah in more detail. Before we already mentioned the principles about the decree, about the four parts of the iman in the decree. Now there is going to be a small section regarding the decree of Allah further. And then after that, there is going to be a section about the speech of Allah that Allah speaks and that Allah spoke to Musa salam and we've already just said now Allah spoke to the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam so those are the sections that we'll cover inshaAllah ta'ala in two weeks time ala ala alihi